This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. You really have to love how the left, the progressive, liberal, woke half of America, has decided that M-A-G-A, Make America Great Again, is somehow evil, as if we were saying communist, as if we were saying socialist. Remember back in the McCarthy era? Well, probably many of you don't. Joseph McCarthy was calling a bunch of people communists back in the day, and communism is a bad thing. It has never worked in any situation where it has been tried from the beginning of time to the present. Communist used to be a bad word, but now the liberal progressives, the woke, the Democrats, they see nothing wrong with communism, with socialism, with manufactured equity with an asterisk on it. That asterisk being everything should be equal as long as the minorities get more and the white ruling class that has been in power since the beginning gets put in chains and is made to pick cotton and serve the black and brown skin population, the lesbian, gay, transgender freakazoids of the nation. They use the word MAGA as if it is a cuss word. MAGA to them, calling a conservative person MAGA Republican is actually a compliment to us. But to the woke progressive liberal Democrats on the left, they use the word as if they were calling us the dreaded N-word that rhymes with bigger. The daily refrain on raising the debt ceiling that has been going on in the White House, where Corrine Jean-Pierre, the quota hire, the woman who only got her job for three reasons, and none of those reasons are because she's qualified, reason number one, black, reason number two, female, reason number three, lesbian. She checked off three boxes on the Joe Biden wish list, and all she sounds like is a broken record. You might recall during a May 2nd press briefing, she said three times, Congress must act. And she keeps repeating that phrase over and over. And without naming Representative Matt Gates, Republican of Florida, the quota hire, Corrine Jean-Pierre, on Thursday criticized House Republicans for, quote, what Republicans themselves say is a hostage-taking, unquote. Jean-Pierre had critical words for the conservative House Freedom Caucus, telling reporters, you heard them argue against preventing default. That's actually in violation of what the speaker has said he wants to do. He said this week when it comes to the default, it's off the table. My friends, the default is a manufactured crisis, a crisis manufactured by Joe Biden and the Democrats. We are in no danger of default. There is enough money coming into the Treasury each and every day in the United States of America to pay for servicing our debt. But Jean-Pierre went to the briefing room Wednesday with a bunch of charts and a bunch of gobbledygook that she displayed on a television screen behind her podium. One slide, of course, featured the faces of several House of Representatives Republicans. The topic of the slide was not the debt talks, but some of the faces on the screen were from members who criticized the president over his runaway, reckless spending habits. She said, this Jean-Pierre woman, will Marjorie Taylor Greene, who had $183,000 of her own business loans forgiven, will she vote to deny debt relief to the 92,000 borrowers she represents? There's no such thing as debt relief. You're trying to push someone's contractually obligated debt onto me. I shouldn't have to pay for anyone else's college education, period.
She says, we're Representative Vern Buchanan, who had over $2.3 million in business loans forgiven, vote to deny student death relief to 95,000 of his constituents. Oh, it's just like a broken record. It goes on and on and on. Stop spending on useless, fruitless, resultless social programs. We have a crime problem in this nation, Ms. Jean-Pierre. And that crime problem is represented primarily by the 13% hyphenated American minority of which you claim to be a member. We need to solve the crime problem. We either punish or eliminate those criminals from our society one way or another. Make them begin to work, to earn a living, and to pay taxes into the system that they are constantly sucking from. Jean-Pierre soft-pedaled her response when she was asked about McCarthy chatting this week with Donald Trump about the ongoing debt talks. Donald Trump may end up being your next president, folks, and we would indeed make America great again, again. The problem is people like Karine Jean-Pierre are scared to death that the American people finally wake up and realize just how good we had it from 2016 through the end of 2019, even though Donald Trump was the target of a bunch of fake, made-up, manufactured allegations and accusations, every single one of which was completely exonerated. He was completely found not guilty. He wasn't found guilty of one single thing during his presidency or the years following. So now they've wheeled out this old, blind, elderly woman who claims Donald Trump touched her somewhere 30-some-odd years ago in a changing room at a department store, supposedly. No one was there, no one witnessed this alleged event, but a very liberal, highly biased, progressive, woke jury convicted jo Donald Trump of, what, inappropriate touching or some craziness in a civil matter? <laughs> when are we going to investigate gropey Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Jill Biden, Jim Biden, and the rest of the Biden crime family? Why have our Republican Congress people let us down? Donald Trump was impeached not once but twice on false allegations. Joe Biden is obviously guilty, along with his crime family cohorts, of using his position when vice president to gain tens of millions of dollars in foreign contributions, for which he and his family produced absolutely nothing but to allow access to the then vice president. Two and a half years almost Joe Biden has been in office. Where the hell are the impeachments? Where the hell are the investigations? Steve Scalise, Kevin McCarthy, where the hell are you guys? We, the people who voted for you, who put you in office, are still patiently waiting. However, our patience is becoming very, very thin. I do want to go back to this thought of forgiving college loans for just a moment. The Biden administration says if we will go ahead and forgive those student loans, the colleges will then be encouraged to lower their tuition rates. Really? Let me ask you this. If tomorrow I am given a car loan and I decide not to pay it, 
Do you not think the car company's going to come and repossess that car? And if the government stepped in and said, okay, all the car loans are forgiven, do you think that will encourage the car companies to lower prices on their cars? Of course, they will raise those prices. There's no incentive for colleges to lower tuition rates if the government forgives student loans. Just the opposite will take effect because then more people will apply for student loans knowing they'll never have to pay them back. The government will send checks to those colleges and universities and everyone will pay a higher price to bail out the tuition that those people signed a legal binding contract promising to repay. It is utterly absurd to think anything in the opposite direction. I will give our House of Representatives GOP members a little bit of credit. They are currently investigating Bank of America for voluntarily giving the FBI private information on millions of customers, including those accused in any minuscule way of being affiliated to January 6th. House Republicans are investigating whether or not Bank of America voluntarily turned over to the FBI a list of customers who made transactions in the days on and around January 6, 2021. Let's see, I think I charged a hamburger, fries, shake, and maybe uh, churro at one restaurant on January 6th down here in New Orleans. I wonder if Bank of America is going to turn that credit card transaction over. Oh, they already have. The House Judiciary Committee, the Subcommittee on Weaponization of the Federal Government, and the Subcommittee on the Administrative State, Regulatory Reform, and Antitrust are conducting oversight of the FBI's mysterious receipt of information about American citizens from private entities. Representative Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, chairs the committee and the Weaponization Subcommittee. And they have sent a letter stating they want more information on that bank's cooperation with the FBI. The letter says, and I quote, we require your cooperation in investigating these facts, period. A FBI whistleblower testified to the committee that Bank of America, with no directive from the FBI, data mined its customer base by compiling customers who used a Bank of America debit or credit card in the days between January 5th and January 7th, 2021. The FBI whistleblower told the committees that the FBI voluntarily and without any legal process was provided with a list of those customers. The committee was also told the people who had previously purchased a firearm with a Bank of America product were elevated to the top of the list regardless of when or where a firearm purchase was made. Retired FBI Supervisory Intelligence Analyst George Hill was one FBI whistleblower who shared the information. He says Bank of America compiled the list, and then on top of that, they put anyone who had purchased a firearm during any date on that list. He testified that the huge list that Bank of America created targeted transactions in Washington, D.C. and the surrounding area. As for customers who made a firearm purchase with Bank of America, he said there was no geographic framework and no date range. I want you to think about that for a moment, folks. If you do business with Bank of America and you continue after hearing this story, there's something wrong with you. Your bank took your private personal purchasing information and they supplied it to the FBI in an ongoing witch hunt against Donald Trump, the Republicans, 
and anyone who dared show patriotism by going out to the Capitol on January 6, 2021 to peacefully exercise their First Amendment rights to freedom of assembly, freedom of expression, freedom of speech, and freedom to redress their government. That's the very First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Hill's testimony was corroborated, that means confirmed, by a testimony of a former FBI supervisor, special agent in charge of the Boston Field Office, Mr. Joseph Bonavolanta. He testified that he learned of Bank of America's move through another special agent in charge of counterterrorism in Boston. The testimony is alarming, Jim Jordan wrote. According to veteran FBI employees, Bank of America provided, without any legal process, private personal financial information of Americans to the most powerful law enforcement entity in the country. This information appears to have had no individualized nexus to particularized criminal conduct, but was rather a data dump of Bank of America customer transactions over a three-day period. This information undoubtedly included private details about Bank of America customers who had nothing at all to do with the events of January 6th. Even worse, Bank of America specifically provided information about Americans who exercised their Second Amendment right to purchase a firearm. How and to what extent financial institutions such as Bank of America worked with the FBI to collect Americans' data is what Jordan and Massey and the committees are seeking to understand. The lawmakers demanded that Bank of America turn over all communications from January 1, 2021 to the present between or among Bank of America employees, officials, or consultants related to the provision of those financial records to the FBI during that time frame. Probably end up like Hillary's emails. All those emails will quietly and conveniently disappear, and they will say, we don't need to listen to congressional Republicans. Oh, but if the tables were turned, if there were Democrats seeking this information, this information would be on the front page of every news headline. By the way, Jordan and Massey are also demanding that Bank of America turn over all documents and communications related to any internal database of firearms purchases made by Bank of America customers at any time. It says, This letter serves as a formal request to preserve all existing and future records and materials relating to the topics addressed in this letter. You should construe this preservation notice as an instruction to take all reasonable steps to prevent the destruction or alteration, whether intentionally or neg negligently, of all documents, communications, and other information, including electronic information and metadata that are or may be responsive to this congressional inquiry. I personally reached out to the FBI and was told they had no comment. I also contacted Bank of America as a customer and they did not respond for my request for a comment, either as a customer or as the host of the Truth Hurts program. I don't honestly expect to hear anything back. Who the hell am I? Just another guy, right? Everyone says there is a tie between Joe Biden and George Soros. Biden, of course, denies it at every turn. But according to Fox News, top Biden officials repeatedly met with Soros Foundation and other influential left-wing groups, according to documents. Samantha Power, the U.S. Agency for International Development Administrator, repeatedly met with influential liberal foundations while serving in that role. 
nearly 700 pages of internal calendar entries obtained by Fox News, says Miss Power met with George Soros's Open Society Foundation at least two times, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation at least five times, and held meetings with other powerful left-wing groups like the Ford Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation. This, of course, proves how the Biden administration and its officials and their agencies keep in close contact with left-wing fringe outside groups and even lean on them for potential advice and recommendations. Other liberal groups backed by millions of dollars from mega donors like Soros maintain very close links to the administration and have actually boasted of executing domestic policy proposals. During her meetings, Powers, who oversees an independent government agency that is tasked with international development and humanitarian efforts, frequently met with high-level individuals in the grant-making foundations, each of which pushes massive sums of money, millions and billions of your tax dollars internationally, in addition to their expansive domestic funding of liberal, woke, progressive causes and initiatives. Ms. Power's calendar entries revealed she participated in two meetings with Open Society Foundation, involved with more than 120 countries worldwide. George Soros's foundations provide grant-making, research, advocacy, impact investment, and strategic litigation to support the growth of inclusiveness and vibrant democracies, according to their website. But my friends, it doesn't stop there. Immediately after taking office, Joe Biden himself stacked his entire administration with individuals from the Center for American Progress, a leading progressive think tank. The founder, John Podesta, serves as a senior White House clean energy czar. Former President Neera Tanden acts as the White House senior advisor and staff secretary. Dozens of past and current administration officials who are previously affiliated with that group include former White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain, former top White House economic advisor Brian Deese, senior White House economic advisor Gene Sperling, Veterans Affairs Secretary Dennis McDonough, Department of Defense Chief of Staff Kelly Magsman. These people are all deeply tied to George Soros and these other liberal, progressive, woke organizations whose true purpose is to destroy America as we know it, to push America towards a one-world, new-world order, a socialist, communist, Marxist conglomeration where you will not be allowed to own a house or a car or a motorboat. They will tell you what you can have because if you have a boat, then everyone should have a boat. If you own a house, everyone should own a house. And since that can't happen, no one will own a house. No one will own a boat. The government will own everything and the government will tell you what you can and cannot have where you will and will not go, what job you have, what location of the country you will live in, it is a disaster waiting to happen. 
In a world where men who can't cut in as men change their genders without removing their junk, at a time in history where men who couldn't win at their favorite sport as men decided to play dress-up as girls to compete against real females, at a point in time where real men dressed as ugly women beat up on real little girls, NCB proudly presents the Freakish Olympics, coming to you live from Tokyo, Japan, the city that sent airplanes to bomb Pearl Harbor just 80 years ago. NCB, the leader in aberrant behavior, transgender athletic supporters, pro-gay promotion, interracial programming, and anything other than natural biological normality, proudly presents the Freakish Olympics. Tune in to see the spectacle, the disrespect for national honor, the shameless self-promotion of unpatriotic displays of anger and hatred. Watch in awe as so-called athletes use this world stage to protest, to antagonize, to demonstrate, and most of all, to fail at their athletic competitions. But it's okay, because they, them, decided to make a statement, to take a stand, to show just how disrespectful representing your home country could possibly be. Tonight on NCB, watch 17 different events beginning with the shaking of the fist, the kneeling at the anthem, the spitting on the flag, and the display of disrespectful t-shirts as so-called women athletes show just how disgusting they can be on live television. NCB will be there tonight to highlight every single act of kneeling, every shaking fist, every disrespectful hand gesture, and of course, all the colorful displays of disloyalty. And it all starts tonight at 8, 7 central, right here on the networks of NCB, the official network of of the Freakish Olympics. One of the members of the squad, the progressive liberal female wing of the Democratic Party, Pramila Jayapal. Oh, yes, I am talking about her. Yes, I am. She clashed with a CNN host over Americans supporting spending cuts as part of the debt limit deal. According to CNN, my friends, Pramila Jayapal is a Democrat from Washington State, and she appeared on Poppy Harlow's CNN This Morning on Thursday over the debt limit polling that was performed by CNN. The progressive lawmakers suggested the poll's line of questioning was too vague. This is what Harlow asked. CNN has a new poll out in the last two days. What it shows, really interestingly, is that 60% of Americans say Congress should only raise the debt ceiling if it comes with spending cuts at the same time. And that includes 58% of independents. Is your position out of step now, Congresswoman, with the majority of the American people? The answer, of course, is obviously yes. If 60% of Americans agree we should have spending cuts that go hand in hand with a debt ceiling increase, and Jayapal is against that, obviously, Miss Harlow, Jayapal's position is out of touch with the majority of American people. But Jayapal, with a bunch of word salad, said, Oh, I am so glad that you raised that poll. I think it is really important to look at what the poll says. If you just say to people, should we cut spending? They will probably say yes. However, if you say you would rather cut spending and reduce the deficit by cutting the tax breaks to the wealthiest corporations and wealthiest individuals, or would you like to cut your own health care, education, you know, care for veterans, etc.? I guarantee you that you would have an even higher number that says let's make sure that the wealthy are paying their fair share. I have news from Ms. Jayapal. The wealthy pay more actual dollars than your so-called poor because your so-called poor pay zero. Harlow then argued that that was not what the question had asked. She explained to the ignorant Jayapal what the wording of the poll actually said. Harlow says, quote, that's not what the poll says. 
This is the exact question that was asked of voters. What should Congress do on the debt ceiling? Raise only if spending cut? 60%. Raise no matter what? 24%. Not raise and let the U.S. default? 15%. These are what they are saying to this critical question. Jayapal, of course, wanted to argue. She says, you can't take tax cuts out of spending. She continued, Poppy, you can't take tax cuts out of spending. You know tax cuts for the wealthiest are spending. Don't think that this isn't spending. Under Donald Trump, they added almost $2 trillion to the deficit because they gave tax cuts to the wealthiest. That is spending. I think the American people understand that that's what needs to change and we need to roll back the tax cuts and actually make sure that we are reducing the deficit by making the wealthiest pay their fair share, not by cutting working people's benefits. Idiot. No one's talking about cutting working people's benefits. Harlow then said, what about using the 14th Amendment to raise the debt ceiling? By the way, before I get into her answer, Joe Biden has said that is off the table. But that didn't stop Jayapal from saying, Republicans are using this as a hostage-taking move because they couldn't get the cuts that they are trying to get in during the regular negotiations and appropriation session. I think the American people have to understand what is happening. You know it is our preference to use the 14th Amendment? Of course not. We think Republicans should raise the debt ceiling. It can happen today. If five Republicans who are responsible to their constitutional obligation get out there and sign the discharge petition for a clean debt ceiling with the Democrats. I don't want to use the 14th Amendment, but what I'm saying is that it's a choice between catastrophic deal for American people, either through default or through these awful spending cuts, then I think President would have to go on using his unilateral authority to raise debt ceiling. Well, he's already said he's not going to. Obama, in his own wisdom, and the attorneys that represented Obama while Biden was president accurately, properly, and adequately explained that you cannot legally use the 14th Amendment to unilaterally change and raise the debt ceiling. Of course, Alexandria Horseface Cortez had to chime in, saying, The stakes of a default cannot be understated. The chaos that would ensue and the impact of people's everyday lives would likely be immediate. And it's one of the reasons why we need to take default off the table. You're wrong, people. You're wrong. Default is something you guys have manufactured. As I said in the beginning, the United States of America has enough money coming in to its treasury every day, every hour, and every minute to service the debt that Joe Biden has caused to go up so very high. The lie that Donald Trump somehow raised the debt two trillion dollars has been proven to be a lie you democrats will do anything everything you screw up you try and blame on donald trump and the truth is out there and you guys are too ignorant to realize the truth hurts ah uh, yeah taking time off from your job to pursue your passions might seem like something that's just impossible to do after all, you got mortgage payments or rent to pay, car notes, student loans, credit card debt, utilities, insurance, baby mamas to pay off and food to pay for, right? And if you're one of the new protected minority classes in America, you might feel like those obstacles are keeping you from the Democratic Party dream. The dream that will allow you to just kick back, relax, and say, screw it. The Democratic political party want you to know that they truly care about your personal well-being, your social justice, and equity. And that's why in this new era of democracy, we got your back, Jack. 
When you made the social justice decision to vote Democrat, you told a man that you sick and tired of playing by his rules. You told the world that it's your turn to get some privilege. It's your time to shine. And with guaranteed monthly income provided by your federal government, you can finally sit back, relax, and enjoy the new American dream. Forget about the rent. Section 8 have you covered. Forget about a car note. Kids and Hyundais are easy to steal. So easy, in fact, that even a minor child can do it. With a USB charging cable, a hammer, and a little bit of effort. Forget about student loans. Democrat President Biden will forgive those. And it's not like you was going to actually be able to use that degree in social justice warrior activism or gender study anyway. Forget about credit card debt. The federal government has made it easier to declare bankruptcy. And your mailbox will soon be filled with new credit card pre-approvals in less than a month. Forget about utilities. There are government subsidies for that as well. And as for insurance, who needs insurance? The government will be generous with Medicare, Medicaid, and other healthcare initiatives. And as for food, you know we got your back. Food stamps, EBT, free breakfast, lunch, snack, and dinner at the schools, food banks, and other options make it easier to eat like a king in a new democratic America. You can always learn the art of dine and dash, and you can knock off a grocery store too by simply stuffing a ham bone in your pant leg. And with all the new relaxed bail requirements, district attorneys refusing to prosecute us for even the worstest of crimes, and now that we got the cops scared to arrest people, getting some spending cash now is easier than ever before. To find out how you can take advantage of all of the new government programs under the Democratic political party, simply stay a couple minutes after Sunday services when your pastor goes from preaching to teaching. Teaching, indoctrinating, training, educating on how you can ride the rails of democracy. Empowerment programs on spreading the lies of systemic racism, how to make white people feel guilty about all they have achieved, and how to take advantage of every government handout and social welfare program. This and a whole bunch more. This message brought to you by the BM movement, the federal government, the Democratic political party, and a few select minority pastors who getting kicked back on every deal. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing because I speak the truth. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program is pre-recorded. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts program network, all rights reserved.